people welcome back to another episode of beats per minute podcast where hip-hop health and heart are all in sync my name is miss thursday and this is my co-host my name is taryn and we are having our first panel conversation so i'm going to let everyone introduce themselves so i'm gonna start it off with jabri all right how y'all doing everybody my name is jabri sadiq um i'm a uh, hip-hop artist um, originally from Jersey, um, now down here in Orlando. Um, yeah, I'm definitely excited to be a part of the podcast, you know, have good conversation about music and mental health, two very, very important things. So I'm definitely uh, excited to be here and uh, looking forward to the conversation. Thank you. Do you, you go ahead and uh, kick it off. <laughs> All right, I am G. Um, uh, Ashley is my best friend. I've known Mama Ada for a couple years now. Um, I'm a technical analyst by day and a DJ by night. Um, and I'm really excited to be on this podcast. I'm glad they thought about me to have this conversation. So I'm just ready to get into it. Great, thank you. A couple years. <laughs> what, 13 years now? <laughs> <laughs> it's been a minute. It's been a minute. Uh, Neff, go ahead and introduce yourself. Right, what's going on, everybody? I'm Slice the Preacher, um, MC, producer, songwriter, podcaster, entrepreneur, whatever you want to call me. But thanks for the opportunity, Auntie. Definitely ready for the conversation. Thank you. So today we are going to be talking about a couple things that um, I thought was uh, pretty interesting. Um, you know, we're celebrating 50 years of hip hop this year and for me, my biggest memory going back to my childhood of hip-hop is the song The Message. You know, um, my brother, DJ Ready Red, he was, um, he got into hip-hop because of Grandmaster Flash and the Furious Five. So I've, you know, said many times I, you know, went to sleep listening to that song, you know, for many years. And it just was amazing to me that this song was talking about and creating such a vivid picture of what it was like to live in our communities, certain communities, um, if you will, and how it still resonates throughout the generations. So with that being said, Tara, what's your thoughts on this song, The Message? Oh, okay. So... We be having these conversations about like how like there's a difference between like situational like depression and like clinical depression. Yeah. So you know how you always say like if your circumstances change, how would that affect like where you are on that? Mm -hmm. It's interesting because when you think about it, all like all the the way that they paint the picture mm -hmm. of what like they're going through is just it does sound to me like situational, like, boy, poverty ain't nothing to play with. And that's what that song is talking about. Like, it's just poverty. Mm -hmm. When you think about, like, the idea of when he was talking about the hallways, like, going through the hallways, and it's just like, I think he was saying, 
people pissing on the steps, you know, they don't care. Mm -hmm. You can smell, like, you can smell that, you know? Yeah. Like I said, to me, it was always a very vivid picture. And even growing up in Trenton, where we grew up at wasn't necessarily the projects or a bad area. But once I got older and went into the projects or, you know, traveled out and actually experienced what it was like to see homeless people, like I already had solid in my mind because of the song. And and I thought that that was like very, very interesting. And um, even to the point when you do research on a song, um, the person that actually wrote most of the lyrics, Duke Booty, he actually uh, grew up in New Jersey. This wasn't a, you know, he wrote this about what he saw around his area. And I believe it was Elizabeth, New Jersey that he lived in. Um, you know, and so he took what he was hearing at his mother's house and actually used that in the song. So it, it that to me just was like kind of crazy because no matter where you live at, you know, if you just have ever experienced like living in an inner city, you know, or whatever, like you still could imagine these things. Or when you saw it, it was like, yeah, like, you know, like <laughs> that picture was so vivid. Um, Cause I mean, we ain't never lived in the PJs, no. But we know people who lived in PJs, and that is that is a specific experience. Mm -hmm. And a lot of what he talked about was not solely based on the projects. To me, it was just to me living in the inner city. Um, first time that I actually had experience of seeing homeless, uh, like a homeless community, was when we were in LA. That was, you know, my bis biggest experience of seeing that because I did not recognize it like as a child and, you know, entering. So, um, but I'm going to, you know, turn the conversation over to you guys and see what your thoughts on, are on, um, you know, maybe the possibility of, is it really just the projects or is it just inner city or is it just, you know, whatever, um, you know, but I think that the message to me was just the first record that talked about someone's mental health, not so much depression, but trying to prevent, you know, losing it. You know what I mean? So what's y'all thoughts? I mean, I don't think, I don't think it was just about uh, projects though, solely. I mean, at the end of the day, I mean, that's well, where we from, of course we have high rises and things of that nature. Cause like, even when I came here to, to Atlanta and people, you know, like, yeah, I'm gonna take you to the projects. It's not the same. So, yeah. you know, but at the end of the day, poverty, you know what I'm saying? It's just what it is. Yeah. But oh, it's basically just being poverty stricken at the end of the day. So yeah, the message, I mean, will forever hold weight in, in music, whether they understand it, you know, the generations behind us understand it or not, because mm -hmm. it's so much in it. It's very vivid. You know, every, every detail, almost every line you can kind of see. And the playoff, what Terrence said, you know, you can smell the piss in a sense when you think about it. Or what do you say? Uh, rocks in the front room, roses in the back, whatever. Like, you know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? You could feel every bit of that. So, yeah, growing up where we from, I think even me as a kid, I was born in 83. So even me as a kid, um, it still was kind of that way. Mm -hmm. You know, in so many ways. Mm -hmm. I mean, you still had dudes on every corner. 
you know, it was still people struggling. It was still, it was still paper food stamps. So, you know, it's going to forever definitely rain. But yeah, the message will always stand and hold weight for those that pay attention to it and really, you know, try to understand it. Mm-hmm. I'll go to Jabri real quick as the youngest member of the crew amongst us. Uh, what do you take from it? You know, because um, like Sai said, you know, he was born basically a year after the message was um, recorded. But, you know, I'm pretty sure you still can't even identify with so many of the things that were said in that song. Um, I mean, for me, I kind of I kind of get a I have a different. I kind of view the song just as like awareness. You know what I mean? Like being aware of your surroundings and not, well, not even your surroundings. I feel like the song really, I, I feel like it really is able to resonate with so many people, black people specifically. And because like, it's really just like being aware of your state of mind. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like being aware, <laughs> like just being aware of your awareness at the time, if that even makes any sense. Like, mm-hmm. like, yo, like, it's not right. Like, you know what I mean? Like how we live in is like, it's crazy. Like, you know what I mean? And that, that goes beyond just the projects. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like that goes, that goes into you, you know what I mean? Right. Like into all the way into you, how are you living? And only you know, really, if you, you know what I mean? If you're living to the standard of your living, if that, you know what I mean? Like, if, no, that makes perfect sense or if I'm wording it correctly, but yeah. So when I think about the message, honestly, yeah, it makes me truly think of awareness and, um, I hope that ties in, um, cause that's not my, that was never my like reality. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? No, like, what you, what you just said actually makes it all tie in because right. when you really listen to the words, it is someone that is like literally reflecting on their environment, their feelings, how they feel about, you know, what's around them and everything. And, and understanding that this is where I'm at right now. Right. So I can't take too much more before I, you know what I'm saying? I lose it. And so that completely brings you to having mental awareness because a lot of people, yep. their mental awareness, they think mental illness, and it's right. not. It's no. two different things. It's it's really trying cute. to be aware of where you are mentally, so that you don't get to the place where you're battling with certain mental illnesses. You were about to say no, what? No, it's not. I think, especially in situations like this, when you do live in these areas. Because people try to say that like poverty is a state of mind, like that's a mind. <laughs> and, Those are people that never lived in poverty. <laughs> and if we be truthful, a lot of people live in poverty. Right. Like there is a big difference between like I would say being impoverished and being poor. Mm-hmm. And then there's a difference between being impoverished and destitute. Those are two. But for people who say that like poverty is a state of mind, we could all say, nah, that that literally like you like that is actual. 
proof like you can go somewhere and you can see that like this isn't just a state like this is a state of being kind of right and so yeah there's a big difference between like a mental illness and mental awareness but when you think about it people that tend to live in our inner cities they do have like it's kind of like this curse of like hyper awareness Mm -hmm. because without that it could get dangerous for you real quick Mm -hmm. and so it's just like that does tend to weigh on your mental when you're constantly in the state of hyper awareness that your situation is not the best and so when you are seeing people all the time like um he was talking about how um like he's seen like homeless people on there that does start to if that's your environment and you're seeing all of these people i can imagine that the stress of that is complete because that could be you Mm -hmm. at any moment that could be you so man i don't know it's just kind of like it seems like it would weigh on you a lot when you're constantly the only thing that's keeping me from being on these streets is just maybe like one one paycheck. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That is all that's keeping me between being on these streets, actually having to mm-hmm. live out here in this environment mm-hmm. and living like in this location that still is trash, but right. it's better than this. Right. And that's mm-hmm. the idea of um, you know, like you said about being hyper aware. Because, you know, there is that saying of, like, being one paycheck away from being, you know, homeless. And when you're in that state of mind or living like that, where you know literally anything happens with my job, anything happens with my income, I literally can lose it all. It puts you in very, very bad physical, Mm -hmm. emotional, spiritual, mental you know, spaces. We're not supposed to yeah. be in that space all no, the time. And, like... Because it, it, it causes the toxic stress that, you know, that we discussed. And it also it's will mode. Yeah, make you either um, make mistakes that you might not would make because you're trying to hold on to the things that, you know, you have or else you will stay in bad situations. Kill or be killed. Exactly. It's like so, um, it's, a, it, it's, it's a very interesting concept. Let me ask you, G, being that you are from a different area, you know, you, we, some of us come from up north, you know, the girls, they grew up more down south than up north. And like it was discussed earlier, like the uh, PJs that we might be used to are not the PJs that, mm-hmm. you know, that even you and Nasia might have experience being that they're completely different down south. So like what part of um, that song kind of resonated with you from what you've experienced even in your life from, you know, a different region of the world? So the part of that song that resonates with me the most, I would say is the last verse where Mm -hmm. he's discussing how, you know, the kids are born and they don't born with no certain state of mind, but they start to grow up and see the things around them. You know, I was listening to, I believe it was the Breakfast Club, and they had the 2024 presidential candidate on there. And she was mentioning how, you know, a lot of kids who grow up in these impoverished areas have, you know, PTSD. And it's not even mm-hmm. post-traumatic stress disorder. It's present 
traumatic stress disorder because of the things that we see every single day. You know what I'm saying? So I think that part resonated with me the most. And that is the most relevant part of the song till this day, because we still see that, you know, we have our kids seeing, you know, the drug mm -hmm. dealers, scammers, and it's even more mainstream now because of social media. So mm -hmm. they're seeing all of this and now they're trying to emulate that, not knowing the other side of it, you know, like, so I believe that is the biggest piece of that song that resonates. And I believe that is like the most relevant piece of the song for me. That's still relevant to this day. Mm -hmm. And I believe that song came out in like 1982 like yeah. 10 years before I was born and I can still relate to that you know even in 2023 so mm -hmm. I think that mm -hmm. part of the song is the most relevant in people and that's yeah. actually the one piece of the song that Melly Mel actually wrote the rest of it was oh wow right. but that's the one part that's crazy that that yeah <laughs> he did it originally uh before and super rapid he did that whole so, oh yeah. that's hilarious yeah but it, 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 it definitely when it, it, it you know when it talks about and it even goes on a spiritual level you know when it talks about you know god and how he's looking on us like he's smiling on us but he's also frowning on us because he knows the struggles and the and the trials and the tribulations that we're going to go through, going to go through. Like, yeah. like you know that is crazy you know hey can i uh make a comment to add to what she was just saying real quick I, yeah. I i was gonna say i wholeheartedly agree to what she just said because and all, honestly that's what makes me look at the song in such like a sad perspective you know what i mean it's like like she said it's the same mentality or just the same things mm -hmm. going on like 30 mm -hmm. something years later like like it might not be specifically mm -hmm. Like, it's probably things in the song that's specifically still going on, like you said, things that's going on in the PJs and things of that nature. But just yeah. the the mentality of it, like we were saying, like, it's like kind of like still there or we may yeah. have moved forward a little Absolutely. bit. Honest, it got a rebrand. Yeah, you like, know what I mean? Basically. Like, yeah, it got a rebrand. <laughs> like, if anything, got repackaged and resold to us as better. You know what I mean? As something you should aspire to versus this mm -hmm. is something like, yo, this is not how this is how we live and this is not how we want to be living. So it's yeah, that's it's really kind of sad. It's very sad, to right. be honest. I also wanted to like piggyback off of that in the social media and how if we did remake it and everything like that, it'll be I feel like generations now and people now we are desensitized to all of the things going on. Um, especially Absolutely. because of social media. Um, you know, seeing the killings of and, and black bodies, you can just go on social media and you see that so a lot of the generations growing up um i would say even for my sisters like they've lost so many friends that i like i couldn't imagine that so it's like they're de desensitized to all of these Absolutely. things so i agree with what g said um with the um present um stress disorder but it's just crazy yeah yeah and even um, when you think about back then, we were going into the height of what many people, you know, call Reaganomic. the crack era and, yeah. you know, and, and all of that, you know, craziness that um, it came to our, um, 
inner cities and, you know, in the black community. And as black people, we have always kind of taken what we've gone through and, you know, try to make it better for ourselves one way or another, right? So when you think about how the culture began, how hip hop began, and how um, even during that period of, you know, if you believe that hip hop started August 11th, 1973, if you go from that period to the period of like 1979, when you really started seeing what you call the Sugar Hill Bang, um, how much had already began to change where you had very conscious um, rapping as well as a lot of party rapping because that's what was pretty much, you know, what it had been where it was a lot of, um, you know, more so for the clubs, more so for partying. And then we go into the 80s and you start to see the different changes like every so often that many artists would bring to it. Like me and Taryn was talking about like, can, can we even see a song now that will have the same impact that the message has still had 40 years later? Like, has there been a song, um, you know, from any artist that y'all feel will be on that same level um, for maybe y'all children and grandchildren to listen to? I mean, I don't think it's too many artists. I mean, we losing them, really, mostly like, you know, X was probably one of them. We lost yeah. X, you know what I'm saying? So other than that, I mean, you still have your, like your Nas, maybe, you know, but it, as far as somebody younger in between, I mean, J. Cole, maybe, Kendrick, you know, they kind of try to push the envelope a little bit, but it's not as much as that. I don't think the impact will ever be that big, though. I got you. And, um, Karen, what's your thoughts? Because I know we did talk about, you know, Kendrick had a few songs out. We've talked about, mm -hmm. um, is it Logic? That's not really a good example. Um, <clears throat> so, <laughs> yeah, not I do not pretend to know all the latest. Oh, right. No, no, you good. Shout out to Logic. Not, not what yeah, I was We were having a conversation. I was like, well, what are some songs when she brought yeah, up? Shout out to Logic. Yeah, like, what are some of the songs that, you know? No, I mean, okay, so when you think about it, the thing is, like, realizing that, like, okay, so there is music out there that I'm sure, like, has an impact and does talk about these things. It's just not necessarily mainstream. So It's not mainstream is, at all. Yeah, so, so it, it makes it, if you're not a consumer that actually wants to go and look for your music and wants to be put on for people, like, be put on to people that necessarily aren't gonna be like the next huge artist out, there is music out there for that. Mm -hmm. But yes. I mean, if we're talking about mainstream, of course you go with your Cole, you go with your Kendrick. And that's simply because like- They kind of pushed in our face though. See, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, I was gonna say like, I was gonna say real kind quick. Of like, in, in, yeah, like in regards to like, Comparing it to, to the to the message, it'll never be yeah. like mm -hmm. that's impossible. Like the message was the first one. Like, mm -hmm. like 
it'll yeah, never absolutely. Be, like it'll never be another first one. So that's part of the impact too, because it's the first like to do it. Yeah. So like you have like like don't like as soon as you ask the question, the first song that came to my head was "All Right" by by Kendrick Lamar. Now, yeah. those are those are now that's a song and it has the impact and things of that nature, but that's more of a moment. You know, like right. the the message was a movie. Like the message created it opened the door for possible like for this type of for conversations like this one. Right. Yeah, for this type of conversation. Yeah, make you can make this conversation. It kinda pushed the envelope to open the door for those conversations to kind of figure out right. like, hey what's going on in our community, what's going on with our culture. You know, I don't right. like, I agree with no you. Horror. I don't I don't think there's a song that would be as impactful as as that yeah. one with all the points that he touched on. Um like he said, we do have, you know, our our few here and there, like all right, um the baby, the bigger picture when right. the whole BLM thing was going on, like we had that one. Right. Um but to say we're gonna have something as impactful as the message, I, I doubt it. I mean, but I don't think or I don't see that. I don't think we have anything of the sort. It's impossible. I mean I some artists sure. are trying though. <laughs> I mean, they are trying. Like, like the guy Toby, I don't know how to pronounce his last. Oh yeah, yeah, Toby yeah. and Wayne. Yeah, he's like, yeah, yeah. Toby, he's you know, is is a yeah, yeah he, he's dope. You know what I'm saying? So I mean, there are some, but it's just like you said, you got to kind of look for him. He is but, touching, you know, getting out there, but you got to kind of be like, what is it like? Have like that cult following type deal. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? We got to understand that, like, okay, so. When the message came out, that was probably one of the first, like, first songs that really put on what was going on in these neighborhoods. Yeah, that was my first experience with Conscious Rap. That's why why we sang, yeah. It'll never never be another that reached that impact. No, but it also hasn't changed. Like, most of the time, (laughs) you got to think about the idea that, like, (laughs) when, like, when something has happened or something has gotten exponentially better... Like, of course, it's going to look different. And maybe then, like, another song could come out and be like, hey, now we not living like this. This is great. <laughs> it still look like this in these neighborhoods. This is still something yeah. that is going on. Exactly. In, in 2023. I speaks, agree wholeheartedly. But that speaks, <laughs> that speaks to what you said earlier, though. You said it got rebranded. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? So, like, and, and the psychology of the consumers, it's not it's they're not in the state of mind of Melly Mel, where he's like looking around like, oh, I don't like this. That, speaking to what you said, it got rebranded. So now they're looking around like, oh, my life isn't like this. I want it to be like that. So they're going towards that now. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Instead of yeah. trying to get out of it, like it's kind of <laughs> psychotic. Be like, yeah. Well, you, yeah. you, um, you know, have that where. You know, when you listen to different um, interviews or whatever from like rappers from the golden era, if you will, and they're talking about like, you know, when they were drug dealing and they went after becoming, you know, artists and getting their deal so that they could get off the street. Whereas now you have people who never had to deal drugs you know, but are getting deals and going after the thug life type lifestyle where it was the opposite. Like, you know, it was something you got into hip hop or rap 
so that you can get away from that lifestyle, whereas people are getting into the lifestyle after they've already got the deal. But whose fault is that? They get praised for it, though. And to, like, I think it's I think all parties involved have have all blame, all parties yeah. the, from the top mm-hmm. all the way to the bottom, from the people who make it and to the consumers. But there's no. Go ahead, Tan. Oh, no, I'll wait I for you. Gonna, I was gonna say, like, here's the thing that I think about a lot. Wait, you know how they talk about like how. It stopped being the drug dealers. Now everybody is the drug takers. Like, that's who's making the music. Mm-hmm. It's no longer the drug dealers making music. It's the people that's on drugs making the music. Mm-hmm. I think about this idea that, like, back in the day when hip-hop was still becoming, like, <laughs> the way out. Like, this is how I'm going to take care of my people. I might be doing dirt right now, but... I'm going to make music about the dirt I'm doing and hopefully that get me a deal so I can stop doing it. The thing is, it really did. It really never stopped because you got to think about it. If this is the, if this is how, like, is you telling like, okay, say this all the time and it might be wrong. When I think about like the idea of like, Hope's like um, contribution to the culture, right? And how mm-hmm. Hope tells stories about what it was like when he. I was, think I like where she going. When he, <laughs> when he was selling <laughs> <laughs> drugs, the idea that now, like, all the people that you sold drugs to, like, you are now a millionaire, <laughs> and people appreciate <laughs> what you did. But that don't change that somebody's mama is still like at some point in time, like there has to be some kind of uh like reconciliation with this idea <laughs> that yes, like what? we are so glad you got out the hood. But my auntie was a you. crackhead and was and doing still drugs. Right. He's and still here. And still, like, a, you're a millionaire, but she's still a crackhead. It's, hood. Yeah. it's still bad <laughs> for us over here. So we are so proud of you. We are, we are so proud that you made it out of here. But listen. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> I see still back there. Messed you know? up because you was out here trying to make it, my God. Like, so and we're going to buy your CD. Everyone that drops. Right. Of course. <laughs> yes. Like, of course, we love drug dealing music, but we also but know. Yeah, I know Jay Z. It ain't like, really just drug dealing music, though. You can't just say drug dealing music. No, but we love that type of music because, in the midst of us doing this dirt, all the stuff that we do with it, like, <laughs> This is a music to the soundtrack of like all like our lit moments and stuff like this. Right. At the end of the day, it's somebody auntie at the crib that is still down bad from all the stuff that we're going on. I get your point. I get your point. Because literally, yeah, I think it's all of ours to be on to be honest. Because 
I, I just to your point, what you're saying. I, has anybody watched Snowfall in here? Yes. Has everybody watched Snowfall? Yeah, of course. Yeah, everybody. Of course. Have, have we all finished? Have we all? Yeah. Do you see where I'm going? Yeah, you see where I'm going? Yeah, yeah I see where you're going. With. I I'm not with you. I haven't watched Snowfall. I'm, I have I'm not. not I haven't either. either. <laughs> no, that was good for you. Are you, are you planning on watching it? Because I don't want to say. I just don't want to say nothing. I'm good. I can. I watch it even after you say what you're going to say. You can tell me the very point is it's just. My whole point is in bringing this up because just like how she had this thought about Jay-Z, I was thinking about this the whole time when the show was ending. It's like, it was yeah. amazing to me to see how everybody, like, was like, no, like, Franklin, like, how like how could Franklin do this or da-da-da-da or what happened to him or it doesn't make any sense. And it's just like all the signs were there. He'd been shown that he didn't care about really? anyone to get to his goal. That is you know what okay. I'm saying? So... <laughs> So everybody could be feeling bad. I see that. It was like a 50-50 thing on that one. Well, but no, everybody's saying, oh, this person betrayed Franklin. This person betrayed Franklin. Right. It's like trying to excuse him. It's just trying to excuse him for all the actions that he did. He's accountable for his doing, for where he is at. So now let's bring it back to hip-hop. Like, you know what I'm saying? It's like, Jay has a, not even make it about Jay, we can get off Jay, but Jay has, he's played a part into why the game is where it is. Like, you know what I mean? Like, um, it hasn't grown. Like, he was stunting on his audience. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. you see what I'm wearing? You see what I'm buying? You see what I'm drinking? You need to, you need to get this if you want to be like me. So what does that make us do? I got to go get some, you know right. what I'm saying? I got to go get right. this. I got to go get right. that. I got to go get this. And, then, and the thing is, the culture still not getting the bread for it. You know what I'm saying? So right. at the end of the day, we just in a losing circle. You know what I'm saying? At at, at mm-hmm. that point in time. So and just taking it off the drug dealer rap. If anything, now music they they treat hip hop as the lick. You know what I'm saying? They it treat hip hop as the as 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 the drug as the drug game. So it's like, yeah, I'm about to go make these trap songs real quick. I'm gonna go or whatever. I mean, you gotta talk about. It. I'm gonna make this type yeah, of music real quick. <laughs> I'm gonna create a little buzz, flip it up, then I'm gonna fall back from the music and then just live off my brands. It's, they don't right. really care about the art. You know what I'm saying? So it's just the mindset, mm-hmm. the mentality is it's out the window. You know, it's right. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to take that. Can I, hold up. Can no, I no, can no, I play all that? Yeah, go ahead. All right, so I, I, I seen this interview with um Oskino. Y'all know Oskino, he was a part of state property. And yep. Taryn, to go off of your point, one thing he was saying was, he was saying, I could never be a billionaire. And so they asked him, why could you never be? Because he, he said, it's, it's always going to be people hurting. He said, what am I going to do with a billion dollars? I can't mm. take it with me. He said, I done, I done sold all the drugs. I done had some fame. I'm still out here. Billionaire. So then if you sit and you think, it's like he's 100% right if you're that type of person. You know, most most artists in so many ways are stingy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know what Agreed. I'm saying? Like, it's it's crazy because I, I got on a Tupac shirt. I'm not the biggest Tupac fan. But let's just say people love Tupac to death, right? He was a great poet, so on and so forth. But what did he really do? And so you can go down the line with a lot of these artists and be like, okay, so what did they really do? Everything don't have to be put in the forefront. Like, you know, I, I'm right. giving away turkeys or I'm doing this or I'm doing this. But you right. never, it's so many big, huge figures in music and just entertainment in general 
that come from poverty-stricken neighborhoods, but you never hear about them doing absolutely nothing. Even if you look it up, you still don't find anything. You know what I'm saying? So that that's like like I said, that's kind of like playing off the turn point and three point. Like that's just crazy though. But I mean, that's the world we live in. I will say, um, when it comes to Tupac, right? The the Dear Mama uh, documentary series that they got oh, yeah. on Hulu right now actually goes mm-hmm. into a lot of I think where you would have seen him going if he had been given a chance. More context, yeah. way more context. Yeah. Right, 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 Because right. he he was definitely doing some stuff, but I think that what we were seeing, and, and of course with all the um, legal issues and stuff he had, um, that's what we saw more than what you know he was doing in the background with. But um, here's the problem. Go ahead. Is even, child. even with people like Pop. The worst thing that, like, and I see that people continue to do this is that when we see that, like, an artist is being destructive for some reason, (laughs) it's just like everybody, like, everybody saw that Pop was going through, like, this real, like, mental, personal battle, and, like, it didn't stop because if somebody really got pot some help, how many people would have been able to eat off of Yeah, he would have been in a better position. Yeah, I mean, mentally, he was just... I mean, they still was kids. That's what a lot of people fail to realize. I mean, it was in the early yeah. 20s between him and Big. I mean, what, it was 20, 23? Something to that effect. But, I mean... I mean, music music is, is our gateway. I mean, like, for most of us, that's our gateway. No matter how we look at it, music that, is going to always be our gateway. Huh? But no, I was going to say, I think that comes back to the original question, though. Like, who's, whose fault is it? You know, like, is it is it one, you know, person or category? Who, no. Whose fault no, is it? That's no, why no. I truly do believe it's it's every everyone from, from the people who are funding the music, you know what I mean? From the record labels, uh, from the media, to the artists. Mm-hmm. And even us as a consumer, because we'll, especially today, we'll, right. we'll uh, digest things from artists that we know is not that artist. And we'll, like, we know that's not who they are as a person. That's what I mean. Right. Not, not that artist. Like, so they give us stuff that we know that's not them. But we'd be like, <laughs> ah, it's kind of about you know? <laughs> Right. So it's like, so it's like right. Living a life that you, you know, living a life that you're really not be, living. We got to be more gatekeepers. We got to be more of those, like how I was in the 90s. I mean, even even they were talking, even the, maybe the content of the music was a little more different. But it's like, hey, bro, you got to be good. Like, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Now, now you yeah, got to be good. Be. So now the content you don't so trust it. trash. And <laughs> you know, trash. So it's like. Yeah, not, not to cut you off, you anything, but we are. We are definitely in a generation where you get a participation trophy for everything. Like you show right. up and win. Like it's it's ridiculous. Like we are in a a society where all you got to do now is show up. You don't even have to be good. You just have to be popular and and put out content or put out something, and you're you're amazing. You're the goat. You know, like everything is so diluted now. Like exactly. So that's a great point. Just to piggyback off of that, like I agree. Like we don't. We pretty much accept whatever they put out. 
And that brings me to a question. Why why are we just accepting anything? You know, like as consumers. People, want, people don't want to be seen as haters. People don't want to be seen as a hater. It's a difference between being a hater and just telling you like, hey, look, look, bro, you ain't good. Right. Like, I don't you like know? you. No, you, right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, absolutely. It's a difference between hating and telling the truth, bro. Like, if you're not good, you're just not good. That's absolutely right. But it's like, why are you telling I think it's because we don't have no structure no more. Well, right. I think it's because no real family when, structure. Well, that yeah. too, but when you think about it, okay, so when we say whose fault is it where we are right now, you got to think about the people that really um, are the ones that push the button on mm-hmm. all the music we get. So who would that be? The record companies, right? Mm-hmm. Most of these records, I mean, not really no more, though. Not really no Yeah, because you got a lot of independent yeah. people. Yeah. Yeah. More independence but nowadays when you're talking about how we get here. So she's talking about going back. Yeah, yeah. we talk about oh, how going we going back. Get, yes, going back. One of the it's, things that I think <laughs> we like the thing is when you we gave them like these artists gave them basically the right to I guess, like, sell our trauma because when you actually listen to the music that they were putting out, that's black trauma. Yeah, All this yeah, stuff, yeah. It, like, we be dancing and it's, it's a club banker. Pain, straight pain, straight pain. If you could, let me just insert one little snippet right here, Taryn. That's with anything, though. Like, that's from our movies yeah. to our shows to, to the music. Yeah. Like, these people are profiting yeah. off of the things that we've been through, you know, all trauma. Like, I'm so sick of them. Like, mm-hmm. every movie, there's slavery. Every, like, every mm-hmm. every every time you turn around, somebody's profiting off the pain of what African-American people went through. And not even just African-Americans. It's always someone profiting off of the trauma that our culture went through. But that's because we don't keep because I don't want I don't want you to be overlapping. I want you to be able to give your thought. But I, I do want to say, like as since now I'm the elder in the room, <laughs> that I think the issue is, right, for so long we didn't see ourselves, hear ourselves. And then when we were able to and we got into the spaces where we go go all the way back to creating rock and roll, you can you know, and, and throughout every um, piece of entertainment, what we tried to do for us became entertaining for everyone. Yeah. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? And so instead of someone finally saying, um, because hip hop, just just going off the of hip hop, has made billionaires, something we never thought would ever happen, but these billionaires have not come back and said, okay, now let's create this for us. Because right. before we've never had anyone in position to, you know, to be able to say, okay, that real for us bias, like Fubu was doing with the clothing line, we've never had that in any other area. You know what I'm saying? So until I think we get to that place where we actually are um, in a space where we're really doing what we need to do for our community, we will always have these type of conversations. Don't mind, like whose fault is it, who, whatever. Right. When we go back to the 90s and we talk about that period where y'all are talking about when the music changed and there was a literal change right. in the music and a reason for it. And right. unfortunately, my brother was also part of that. It was for a reason. Now, because no one was in position to say, 
no, I don't want to make music like that, or no, that's not what I, you know, was still this idea of being creative. And if this is what's going on in my hood and you on the East Coast have no idea what it's like to gangbang, and I can share that because I, I want to keep the young, like it's the mentality of why people were doing it. Everybody didn't talk or glorify the horrors of their hood because they- Nah, you're absolutely right. You know what I'm saying? They yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, like, hey, young, you know, you need to know that this ain't no yeah. But it became that way where we began glorifying it. But that's the thing I was trying to say is when it comes to anything that happens within our culture, one thing I would say is we constantly make the same mistake that we don't do a good job at like gatekeeping. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Important to us. That and who can get in, who can get out. If we created a genre of music that initially started because, hey, it's some messed up stuff happening in our community. And we need, we need a way to like, get this idea out there that this is happening to us all around. Like we are in this, like if it started in New York, we in New York and this stuff was happening to us in our neighborhood. But so, that's not what, that's not what hip hop started for. It wasn't just to say, hey, this is what's going on. It was actually to help us get through what we were doing. Yes. That's why so, I like the, even the concept of good times. Like therapy. when I was growing up and good times was on, I'm like, there's nothing good about what's going good on. Good times. <laughs> they never had one good time. When you give people that have no idea what it is to actually be in a black or brown experience, you have two different sides of the coin because I, even with what you was about to say, there's other people that's going to say like, "Yo, living in the living in the projects is late." You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, at the, I, Some people know, still don't want to leave. At the end yeah. of the day cool there's two i get that it's some people that like living in a project that's exciting for some people at the end of the day it should have been a, a, a conversation of why why have not why haven't we kept this to us though like why just, yeah. other who's people, really they, say, who's really they never thought it would be this big the opportunity yeah, we, to tell us this is what we need to put out there this is the experience that we need to put out there okay so like, they was, in control. Uh, right? Yeah, say we was never we was never the owners or in control of hip hop. Yeah, but right unfortunately you, in Florida, you as well, right? We live in mm -hmm. Florida. And and currently our governor is not allowing schools to teach on African American studies, right? Yeah. Or mm -hmm. the idea of slavery and all of that, right? So can we not say that that's the same situation of saying that like we should have kept some stories like what's the point of even being upset if if everybody can't learn about what we went through when originally this that's is the not way what that I was we saying. started, but that's that's how someone can take it. No, if we got out our stories through our music, yes, through our movie, yes, and that exposed people because they were not exposed yes. any other way, then why, why should it some stuff been kept to it. That's not what I was saying. What I was saying is the idea that these people that are not part of this culture should not be the ones telling us how this needs to look. Yeah. We didn't have the power, though, in them offices, in them buildings. Like, we didn't have that. 
Yeah. No, we didn't. But now that we do, we still aren't doing that. Right. Do Why isn't it changing? But, but do we but do we have it? If all these because artists the are ones supposed in... to be independent, that's supposed to give you the control of who tells you who tells you no, what I, your music needs to be about. But as no, you're I feel independent, you I... gotta be on somebody's platform. You gotta be on somebody's platform. Well, yeah, you have to be on somebody's platform. Well, yeah, somebody's platform but I just think I just I just my bad real quick. I just think the percentage wise of the artist that's independent that's really moving the needle is not as great as the ones that sign right especially going back so if like she said if we go and try to get those guys who are now millionaires who are able to look at the fruits of their labor they don't even really own their name their likeness or their music so if they do try to come back and help us and be like hey bro why you not doing this and why you not doing that it's like it's like ah my hands is tight it's kind of like a politician you know what I'm saying? But then everybody, everybody learning as they go. You know what I mean? Like a lot of them just learned as they went. And that's not to Even excuse we, them either. That's not me excusing yeah. them. They definitely need to be doing more. But it's like these dudes don't even own, like, yeah, like Hove, Hove does, he did own his, he was independent. So he did own a lot of the things that he was doing. But, but not completely. He still, he still had to go under And he got all the contracts and things. Yeah. He still had to go under major. Yeah, especially that whole, really, that whole Kanye situation highlighted kind of that a bit. Because oh, that, it's like, who's, exactly. who's really in control here? You know what I'm saying? Like, it's just, like you got to think, with white people, it's about generational wealth. That's one thing that black people are just starting to learn. It is generational wealth. You know what I'm saying? We're yeah, just starting to have those conversations. Exactly. So the people that were already in place in these offices and had these companies, they basically gave them to their children or to their nephew or grandson or whatever, and they kept them going. So they're going to keep the same cycle. If I can, right. if it's, if it's all, uh, uh, um, what is the word I'm looking for? If it's already a, in place, why, why change it? Yeah. Because they're already, yeah. going, you know, us, they, their yeah. mentality is them as black people, they're going to fall into it either way. Exactly. It doesn't really matter yeah, because yeah. we think about a dollar sign. It's all about now a dollar sign. But now it's a yeah, now it's a it ride itself. It can it can just op, like it's it's automatic. It's like automation. Like now it just operates on its own. So they don't even really need to put their hands on it too much because they already built the machine. So now they just got to keep going to get candidates and prospects to just drop it. Oh, oh, we need another Jay Z. Oh, I know how to be the face of it. I've seen it exactly. He got to rap like this. He got to do this. He got to dress like that. Let me go get a young guy from the hood. Where is he at right there? Exactly. Drop him. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But now, Kanye West said it best. Not to cut you off. Kanye West said it best in All Falls Down. Drug dealer by Jordan, crackhead by crack, and a white man get paid off all of that. And it's really a it's and it's sad because it's a vicious cycle. So it's like we exactly. don't even own what we created, and and the whole and it's kind of even it's mind boggling because the hip hop we listen to today is completely different morals, principles, values, everything than what hip hop is really create. Like like you said, what was created the foundation was peace, yeah. love, happiness, uh, another advice so people don't got to go out there and, and harm each awareness. other. Awareness, like yeah, yeah, Absolutely. awareness now. <laughs> I drugs. How do we get to the point where, or if we are ever going to get to the point where it stops being like exploitation and profiting off of black trauma without We fight us, ourselves. Like y'all don't give us yeah, anything. It's hard. Y'all profit off yeah. our trauma, but y'all make sure that the, y'all don't put things in place for us to 
to even get out of these situations. We so, the only coach that didn't get reparations. Like, <laughs> yeah, right. right. So if they're not going to what? give us, how do we get to the point where that is something that we give ourselves? We got to start fighting each other, though. That's yeah, not always yeah. the thing. Exactly. We, we, gonna always, we always fight against each other. I mean, Jay and Dame were at the top, the top of their game. Like, they had the one of the biggest companies in the world. You know, even once they um, kind of stepped away from Def Jam and all of that, I mean, look at them. Like, they, they still going at it to this day. Look how much money they made. Look how many families that they fed in the process. And they still going at it. Billions. You know what I'm saying? So as long as we can continue fighting against each other, it's never yeah. going to change. It's always going to be mm-hmm. the same thing. Jay-Z, what, owns title, right? Or yeah. part of it or something he, like that. No, that's he does. barely he does. a platform. Sure. Okay, so, and that's barely a platform that's ever pushed, like, Artists yeah. come here. Don't nobody talk about. I don't see, see nothing. I don't see no artists. I don't see right. no artists promote title. Only Not. thing you see about title is get a subscription. That's it. Mm-hmm. And that's all. Or or Beyonce you, you or never hear a concert on there or something. Nothing. Mm-hmm. But you like are you you have platforms. You know me being an artist. I I've been on different platforms. But let's just say like TuneCore, and you do have these different platforms. They probably are are owned by white people or whatever. But they do give you that independence they want artists to come there they want artists to be able to feed themselves TuneCore gives you i think like 90 percent of your royalties and that's probably from a white man you know what i'm saying so black people it's just the fact that we're going to continue to fight each other what you just said is important because it's not always you know like everybody that's not in our community is against us i mean there have been so many people from you know from other races and nationalities that have really pushed the needle along when it came to hip hop. Period. You know? um, right. There, um, it was. Um, can't think of her name right now, but she was from Blondie. She was like one of the biggest supporters of Grandmaster Flash and Notorious Five for them to even have be seen the way that they were, as well as um, even with like the Twenty um, Four. So, you know, it's not always just about, you know, the race. It's about, because, you know, there's a lot of people that look like us. It's about what we conform to. Yeah, I I, I think. And dealing with this situation as well. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I think they just made everybody's mentality way more ruthless. Like, you know what I mean? Just like, just willing to do whatever I need to do to get put on. So, And that's social media, though. Yeah. So I yeah. I would say generationally, how far have we come, and how far do we still have to go when it does come to addressing like our mental health or our environment? Right. Okay. So my part on that, and the part that I was talking about in off off down, when you know when he was thinking about to cover up what's inside. Um, I feel in the black community, African American community, um. We do do that a lot. We don't talk about our mental health. So generationally, definitely our parents didn't talk about it. But then if we bring it to our parents, it's like, you know, I'm depressed. Okay, go depress the dishes. I don't I don't want to do that. I'm sad right now. I'm sad right now. I don't want to do that. So it's. I think we still have a way to go. It's definitely um, gotten better, I would say. Um, but I think as a whole, we definitely still have a way to go because in the African-American community, like if you bring up mental health, um, it's always seen as a 
white problem. Oh, no, we don't deal with that, you know, but why don't we deal with it? Like, we're just sitting here and we're hiding it. We're not dealing with it. Like you said, buying things to cover up what we, like, we do that on a daily basis. Um, you know, you have a bad day. It's like, okay, let me go buy me something to make me feel good. But you're not actually taking the steps necessary to overcome or talk about what you're feeling. So, yeah, I agree. And I made I made a point um, to that as well to kind of piggyback off what you said with mental health and our parents and, you know, not not taking shots at any more parents or anything like that. Like, like you said, go depress the dishes. Well, maybe they, I don't think they have the tools to, to like kind of teach us how to deal with those things because I don't think anybody gave it to them, you know, so I don't think they have the tools to kind of teach us the tools to, you know, how to handle mental health, how to have to handle these things when when they come across you know what i'm saying nobody really taught me per se i don't want to generalize so i'll speak specifically nobody really taught me how to kind of just deal with what i'm feeling kind of sit with it process it and try to heal with what's what's going on they also didn't teach me that you know the world's going to keep going like just because you're feeling this type of way it's not going to pause and give you time to get yourself together to figure it you know to figure it out and then go back into the world you know life goes on time waits for no man so i think it's important that we have those tools and we teach the people behind us that your your issues your mental health everything that's going on and still keep going you know like mm -hmm. not saying suppress it but you still have to be able to multitask to a certain extent you know because life's not going to stop but just yeah, you know, to bring that full circle yeah like i don't think they have the tools to kind of teach us that and that's what most yeah. i mean most artists that's what i that's why i started yeah. rapping and writing yeah you know what i'm saying because that was that was my release i mean from being depressed even even now you know what i'm saying i think most real artists that's where you get that's where the creativity comes from in, in so many ways. That's how I feel about it. I know I always wrote, that was my therapy. Because in our mm -hmm. society, therapy was like, uh, you crazy. Mm -hmm. You had to be crazy to go to therapy. You, you can't just go yeah. to therapy to talk out your problems. You know what I'm saying? So coming up, mm -hmm. I mean, what did, what did you have? You had sports or some sort of entertainment. And it's still, it's still the same mm -hmm. way. I mean, there's a lot more things in place. Mm -hmm. I mean, we didn't even think about it in school. Like even when mm -hmm. I mean, we didn't realize a guidance counselor was basically supposed to be a therapist. Nah, for real. You nah, know, that's I'm really, that's really. <laughs> yeah, you know what I'm saying? So it was just, it was just one of them things, but. Sorry, I didn't hear you now. I was just going to say, huh? even, you know, you guys might have saw recently, like a few weeks back, it was this whole big controversy Cameron was like he wasn't going to go see Creed because of you know the pictures that was um some promo pictures that Michael B. Jordan and um what's his name Jonathan Major or something like know, that they mm -hmm. around each other and you know so it, it it's just like in the black community like you even see with him like to this day like for years and anything they say that they think Sound, you know, a little gay. gay. Mm -hmm. Let's not even talk about how homophobic the black community is. <laughs> yeah. Let's we, not we, even go there. Homophobic <laughs> and. and... <laughs> it's deep. Of how we deal with stuff and how we 
review stuff for how we look at everything. I mean, and that we just never was given tools because some of this stuff was based on what we believe. You know what but, I mean? When you talk yeah. about therapy, no, because the black community yeah. has been so rooted in the idea of Christianity. And when mm-hmm. you are going to church, you don't need nothing else but except Jesus. If you are mm-hmm. depressed, you better go call on Jesus. And I'm not here, but I, this is what I was raised in. I know I believe in my beliefs, but I also know that you could be a diabetic and they feel like you could, you just need to call mm-hmm. on Jesus. As a nurse, Pray you, away. Need you need to take yes. right, but you need to fix something, but and still call on Jesus, but don't not take your insulin because you will die. Right. And that's so crazy that we say Christianity, but in you know, they say all you need is Jesus, but you also forget the part where say faith without works is dead. So which one are we doing? Right. You know what I'm saying? Like right. so right. <laughs> And I think that like because they're okay. So there is a generational difference. You know. Yeah. Right? And so the way that you see mental health or mental ill illness as my, a concept I'm gonna it's completely you. different than how i thought yeah my my concept is not coming from what i saw out in the world no or what personal. i read it was personal yeah so my thought process on on really wanting to be very clear on are you having because we're going back to the idea of the two different depressions clinical mm-hmm. and the situational. Are you depressed because of whatever is going on in your life right now? Or are you depressed because there's a, a chemical imbalance going on? Because there's two different types, right? But when you go and you sit down with somebody, they're not going to care which type you are. As a mm-hmm. black person, when you sit on that couch and you start talking about your trauma, more than likely you can leave out with some medication and you may not ever get to the root of that trauma but you want to get to the root of taking some more medication that i know as a medical professional and that i know from personal experience so we have had you know throughout the years moments where it's like okay um i may have came off very cold to you when we had conversations about how you were feeling because that again, I, I you know, I just said recently I parented from a place of fear. Um, I was a young mom, so I didn't have those tools. So I parented from a place of fear. Me being afraid that they were gonna get labeled with something. So it was like, Oh no, you can't be this because I didn't want them to be. I didn't want them to be put in a position where they had a label that was followed on, you know, for the rest of their life. So it was like I want to be clear on is this just a situation or is it chemical? So this is why I bought this one. Is because Naja knows I was thinking about this for months. We had this conversation about like how do I address how I feel like something is up, like something's wrong. So I remember talking to her, thinking about like, do I want to? see like a psychologist or do I want to see like a psychiatrist so this wasn't something that I was just thinking about off the whim and I knew that before I was going to come to you I really wanted to advocate for myself because I already knew how you felt about it 
already know how I feel about taking medication. Yeah. Be clear. Yeah. But sometimes I think, and that's why I say it's very, it, it kind of, I don't want to say it aggravates me, but I do notice that like, I'm so glad that like us in this community, we're starting to seek therapy more. But I also think that people think that like therapy is like the end all be all to our problem. And sometimes mm -hmm. I think people forget that there is a clinical side to these things. Just talking mm -hmm. to somebody isn't going to necessarily fix everything, especially if this is something that has to be corrected on like a physiological level. Right. And, so, and everything, go ahead. I was going to say just in every mental illness is not depression. So right. just going to talk to somebody and doing those things. Okay, I could talk to you about that right now. But there's anxiety, there's bipolar, like it's so many things that just talking is not going to fix. And I think that's the part that, you know, people do have to understand, like, are you really depressed? Or are you just sad for the moment? So it goes back to the situational, like, okay, I'm sad right now. Okay, cool. But this is a continuous, continuous thing. Like, people have to understand that and understand mental health and mental illness as a whole to even like take those steps. I think it's starting. That's the hardest part. Yeah. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? Realizing that you have a problem. It, the message was 40 years ago. But we're mm -hmm. just starting to have those conversations and you're seeing more and more people being comfortable to say, my therapist. Mm -hmm. Because those are not conversations that we have. I can remember um, where we grew up in Trenton, New Jersey, there was a health clinic in the middle of Trenton. It was in the five points, you know, and right. it was one of those things where, okay, this is where you could get health care or, you know, affordable health care, affordable therapy, whatever. But did you really want to be seen coming or going? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Coming or going out of this health clinic yeah. in the middle of the city. You know what I'm saying? Because this is where all the crazy people go. This is where all the people that probably got an STD is going to go to get. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. so that stigmatism that even surrounded your ability as someone that needed some type of service. You might be like, you know what? No, nah, I'm going to just ride this thing on out because I can't. Yeah, and a lot of people did. You, you, they still do. They still do. You got to think about it. Back in the day, like, it wasn't like people wasn't saying I'm depressed. No, that nigga just crazy. Or like, he be fucking <laughs> or, schizophrenic. Like, you know. <laughs> Some of them still are, though. All of us are uh, yeah, yeah. Going, you know what I'm saying? Like, some people feel. You yeah, know no, I agree. Like, still got to fight against that mentality yeah. and the aunties and the uncles that's like, no, nah, you, you know, ain't nothing wrong with you. You know, you ain't nothing yeah. wrong with you. You just need to, you know, mm -hmm. 
but like I said, on the like just on us, it's we are not supposed to be, and we talked about this. We are not supposed to be in a state of constant like flight or fright, right? Yeah. And so yeah. I think like in this country, it's kind of like we exist in that state. Like how many moments mm-hmm. we actually get to just be like at peace? Because it's like it doesn't have it doesn't happen. Either we're reading stories, we seeing news like news. It's on the news. We know somebody that something just happened to. It's a constant thing where it's just like if you are not hyper vigilant, anything could happen. And mm-hmm. so that does start to have like a like your body, like the effect that has on your body. And that's why mm-hmm. I feel like to like a lot of the like sicknesses we get. Those really be related to us always being in that stress. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. It does because mm-hmm. stress is not the body is not meant to um there's stress that comes that's healthy, it, it helps make us act, you will. So those are good stress. Like, you know, if you know, as younger and I say, okay, you need to do X, Y, Z. If that motivated you and pushed you to do whatever, then that was a good stress. It mm-hmm. kind of built your, you know, your mental muscle to want to be better, do whatever. But if it was a consistent, like, you're not good enough, like, you need to do it again, and, da, 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 and I'm constantly putting you under this toxic stress, what I'm doing is I'm constantly in this fight or flight mode that causes cortisol to raise. Cortisol basically turns into fat, which clogs up mm-hmm. our heart. And so it, it is a direct link of how mental stress can cause, you know, physical illness, which we, you know, we all of the talk things about that. that we as, you know, African-Americans fight against in our communities that they like, oh, well, my mama had, you know, the diabetes, I'm ahead right. of that. It's not things that we have to have, you know, and um, and and because we know that it is prominent, we have to be even more aware of it. So even that is stressful. Like you know, now I I was skinny all my life, and now that I've got weight, like I am stressed. Okay, I have- <laughs> prevent these things but is like you have to be conscious of yeah. like the fact that like this is this isn't something that has to happen like mm-hmm. like just nah, that's a fact that's a fact this is something that does not have to happen yeah no it doesn't and like all these we be having high blood pressure like a month mm-hmm. in our community and when you think about the fact that, like, we always under this constant stress, like, we don't have to be this way. Like, it doesn't have to be like that. Right. But nobody is teaching us that. Nobody is telling us that. Like, I mean, but right. regardless if you wanted to or not, because, okay, let's, let's kind of bring it back. Just, uh, I'll say if just you big are it. under stress, you're under, like, we all find ways to be stressed, like, to, to yeah. you know, kind of 
get ourselves out of that state. And one of the ways that we usually do that is music. You know what I mean? So that's where hip hop started. It was, okay, we in the hood, we in the projects, we wanted to put on this birthday party to do a celebration or um, actually a back to school jam to get the kids excited about going back to school. So what happened? School hurts now event this music, this, you know, um, right, right. the, the, um, the break beat, you know, whatever. Right. Mm-hmm. So the thing that was helping us get through the traumas that we were going through was our music and then our culture. We was able to have conversations with each other with nobody knowing. You know what I'm saying? We was able to rock what we wanted to wear and dress up one year and be different from everybody else. And so that kind of helped us deal with the stressors of what we going to do, right? Not as being so, the ancestors and having you know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? But anyway, <laughs> so if you are now at a place where music is stressing you out. Now it's You know what I'm saying? Um, so it's, I just think that we have to always kind of come back to a place of thinking, like, you know, that really are consuming everything. It's not just what we see, it's not just what we see, it's what we hear, it's what, you know, is surrounding us. So I think that sometimes that even when you don't want to be in that space of like being stressed out or whatever, if you do live in the inner city and you are a black man and you could have done everything right in your life, mm-hmm. when you see them flashing those lights, there's still going to be some stress there. You're right. In the suburbs, in, yeah, especially anyway, in the anyway. but, that comes because of the color of, of our skin. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So it's not about just trying to take ourselves out of situations that's going to eliminate the stress like as much we're as we're trying to teaching ourselves and we're learning how to eat better and you know and yeah we could still have you know collard greens but we just don't have to use you know the hog marls and all that stuff but we still want to have that stress i think i think that's i think that's i think that's why i think that's why we're so creative i think yeah. you know i think we are the artists of the world like i think our you know black people you know like i think that's why you know going back to what you were saying like or what we were talking about earlier as to like why are these things like always like you know why do we rap about it so much why are we make songs about it so much why do we make movies about it so much it's like we have arrested well, we development but it's like we also have arrested development we're stuck in this one level like you know what i'm saying we haven't evolved we have evolved don't get me wrong i'm not saying black people haven't evolved but i'm just saying like to a degree we kind of stuck in this level of like like trauma you know what i mean so like mm-hmm. and, and they know it as well too so there's oh this sells like you know what i mean so we just keep getting our trauma you know repurpose and resold right back to us it's kind of like we just stuck in the rest of development because we they know we've been through so much and we're so creative and we're such an expressive people that we're going to express ourselves like it's like we get the same story and express it in a million different ways that's, I mean, that's mad crazy that's, that's mad crazy because yeah, right. everybody out look different well yeah but yeah it's 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 different but it's still kind of the same 
that, that's what I'm saying. It's like it's still from the same thing, but it's just a, a billion different tiny slices of the pie where it's like it's still a step to the right where it's kind of different. And that just shows how great we are because it's like, oh, this I've seen this before, but wait, have I seen this before? You know what I'm saying? So it, it, it's kind of crazy. It's kind of crazy. Yeah. And that keeps us in that state that you were just saying, the state of stress. It's like programming. You know what I mean? We we just constantly getting programmed to the same stories and the same traumas and the mm-hmm. same things. So it's like now if I, I'm really feeling some type of way and I come in here and we all talking, we're like, is everybody doing well? I'm like, dang, do I really want to tell them how I'm feeling or am I just mm-hmm. – like, yeah, I'm good. You know what I mean? Cause I, because in me, I'm like, well, dang, I know – she probably going through her own thing, and she got stuff she probably going through. She just told me last week that she, like, how am I going to add something onto her that's going to make they, yeah. you know what I mean? That's And that's, a, as black people, I know for a fact, that's something we probably do way more than anybody else, because we, like I said, well, like, we've been saying we have the most trauma. So it's just like, it, I, you know, stressing about thinking about expressing the stress, that's ridiculous. <laughs> exactly. You know exactly. Like, it is. And it that's is. why that's a good point. And that's why we're artists. You know, and that's why we're creatives. And that's why we sit and have these conversations. Because it's like somebody has to do them. Yeah, we we all you know, it's been done, but it's not Yeah, we see commercials and things like you're saying about mental health and things of that nature, but like it's not totally, you know, it's not in there because like I said, like it needs to be on a broader mm-hmm. scale. Yeah, because yeah. if y'all really ask me how I'm feeling, I'm going to just be like, yeah, I'm good. I'm not going to tell you how I'm really feeling. Like, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So and I'm, that's I'm, man, I'm that's part it. of it. You know what I'm saying? So It was a really yeah. good song some yeah. years ago. Um, Tribe Called Quest did with um, Faith Evans, and it was called Stressed Out. Yeah, love it. I really know what it feels like to be stressed out. You know what I mean? Because, you know, we, we all know that, but we, we sometimes we don't talk about it, you know what I mean? And, um, and I think that the more that we do, um, the more that we see it, you know, have to be more gentle with each other, um, have grace with each other, as Aaron was saying. Yeah, about absolutely. And, yeah. um, and just be, you know, more supportive of each other, you know. When I see someone, you know, at work or whatever, you know, if I care about that person and I see the look on their face, I'm not just going to be like, oh, well, you know, it's some people when they be like, you know, I'm like, hey, how you doing? They're like, I'm all right. And I look back at them. I'm like, no, you're not. So what's going on? You know, because we all need a soft space to land. We all need a place to bed. Um, that's why you have so many people going off and telling all their business on social media. And I appreciate you <laughs> <laughs> we never had really had that before because you know one of the things I realized as black women, what we do to each other is if you're going through something like say a relationship with somebody and black men, y'all probably do the same thing. But the first thing that we do is like if the dude was no good, it's like oh girl ain't you know you ain't need to be with him anyway. You know you better than that. Blah 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 blah. So you can't even really express how you feel. Mm-hmm. About yeah. the breakup because yeah, they might be looked at as stupid if you right. do. So we generally are like, oh yeah, girl, you know, I'm, I'm gonna be all right. But Constant we're still deflections. dealing with, and we never yeah. grieve that situation. Man, crying in the car. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> 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 you know, 
Anyway, I uh producer saying I need to wrap it up. So you guys are <laughs> that y'all um agreed to be a part of this. I knew it was gonna be dope. Um I hope hey. you thank you. We could have did this for another hour. <laughs> <laughs> we, got we got a lot to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> this was my therapy session. See, I needed it. So y'all welcome definitely to come back as often as y'all want to uh, have the conversation because I think that it's important that we all start thinking about having conversations in generations first, right? Um, it was something I learned from, you know, Ayana fixed my life, and then we started having those type of conversations, and it really makes a difference when you start thinking about, you know, when you're talking to someone from this period, what their thought process, the way that things were for them, like it really, it really uh, is is interesting when you start thinking about that. You know, you realize that maybe they. Um, do care more than what you might have thought because it's just how they was raised or whatever. Well, honestly, anyway. just the last thing I was going to say is the reason why I feel like it's important for us to have these conversations, especially me and you, is because at the end of the day, like, you know how they say, like, women be born with all the eggs they ever going to have in their lifetime. Mm-hmm. And, like, I don't know that, but you got to think about it. I'm a result of, like, I like your trauma impacts me somehow at the end of the day like I want to know like what was that trauma because I'm here in the midst of it Mm -hmm. so it's important for me to try to figure that out because it's like that generational thing we we gotta fix that somehow Mm -hmm. so Mm -hmm. I think you do it is by communicating yeah I need you to I need you to be as vulnerable with me as possible (laughs) Because I need to, I want to know these things. Yeah, and I think that that's that's where everything starts is a message. <laughs> I like how you did that. <laughs> <laughs> you brought it full circle. <laughs> All right, you know, I want to say thank you guys again uh, for joining us. This has really been man, thank awesome. y'all, man. This is Yeah. Yeah. And uh, here on Beats Per Minute, this is what we love doing, just having conversations about hip-hop, about health issues and matters of the heart. Hello, little sister. How are you? Great privacy and your accomplishments. Uh, love you. Take care.